0: This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, it's like Halloween in June. I've got a review of a scary new movie out this weekend, The Conjuring 2, and a scary new show on HBO called Outcast. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun.
1: We've already had one great OJ show this year, but here comes another one.
0: Plus... We'll also tell you what's coming on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. First, it's the news from the couch. It's not
1: even technically summer, but we're already looking ahead to the fall. This week, global television told us what will be on TV in September. Besides the old faithfuls like the various NCISs, Chicago's, Survivor Elementary, The Blacklist, and The Simpsons, there's a lot of new stuff. Michael Weatherly, who just quit NCIS this year, plays a trial consultant in the new show Bull. Bull. Brandon Peters, son of tech billionaire Pete Peters, is being arraigned on murder charges.
2: The client's here. Tell me he didn't bring his lawyer. His five lawyers. I hate lawyers. (laughs) Pete
1: Peters. Dr. Jason Bull. Can you help my son? Absolutely. I actually went to school with a kid named Pete Peters. Really? And his middle name was Peter.
2: Come on! Yeah.
1: Pete Peter Peters. That's what he said. It was definitely the Pete Peters. I don't know if he was joking about that middle name, but... (laughs) Anyways, Bull sounds sort of, it sounds like it's made up, but this is a real job, this trial consultant deal. Dr. Phil used to do it before he was discovered by Oprah, apparently. We've told you before about the MacGyver reboot.
2: Okay, Mac, it's all you. Are you
1: nervous? No, it's just another Friday.
0: MacGyver,
2: MacGyver, how did you escape from your terrorist holding cell? Just like my dad always used to say, everything I need is
1: right in front of me. The kid that plays Havoc in the X-Men movies will play young Angus MacGyver, son of Original Recipe MacGyver. He's on the case, he's
2: MacGyver.
1: (laughs) There's a comedy coming up I'm actually pretty excited about, Brett. Kristen Bell and Ted Danson star in The Good Place.
2: You, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead. Cool. How did I die? Are you sure you wanna hear? You were struck by a truck advertising an erectile dysfunction pill called engorgulate. Funnily enough, the first EMT to arrive was an ex-boyfriend of yours. Okay, that's, I get it, thank you. You're okay, Eleanor. You're in the good place. You are here because you got innocent people off death row.
1: But there was a mix-up in the good place and she's actually not supposed to be there are my soulmate.
2: Cool, bring it in, man! You'll stand by my side no matter what, right? Of course I will. I wasn't a lawyer. There's been a big mistake. I'm not supposed to be here.
1: Wait, what? And so she's a fish out of water.
0: Are you sure this isn't you? They
2: got my name right, but nothing else. Somebody royally forked up. Why can't I say fork?
0: If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit one good thing that you did on Earth. Give a second to talk about
2: the environment. Do you have a second to eat my farts?
0: Hang on Ooh. a second. Is she in heaven or something? No, the good place.
1: Okay. <laughs> that way, you know, people of all religions can watch it. I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's the good place and the bad place. I mean, who doesn't love Kristen Bell or Ted Danson? That should actually looks pretty funny. Joey from Friends has a new show called Man with a Plan, where he plays a stay at home dad. Ah, Joey.
2: Oh my God, she. She made half an English trifle and half a shepherd's
0: pie. It tastes like feet. I like it.
2: Are you kidding? What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good
1: meantime, Community's Joel McHale stars in the new comedy, The Great Indoors.
0: An adventure journalist who, uh, whose magazine disappears because of the internet and he has to go work in an office for the first time with young people.
1: Yeah, basically a 40-year-old who has to work with a bunch of 20-year-olds and he doesn't get them. Jack Gordon,
0: it is so incredible to meet you. I'm Clark, online content curator. Hi Clark, obviously made up job title. <laughs>
1: And Kevin James has a new show that looks a lot like his old show.
2: Hey, there you are. Since it's your retirement party tonight, if the leaves in the front yard got raked up today, that'd be great.
1: Oh, that'd be unbelievable. Different wife, different wacky neighbors, same old Kevin. That one's called Kevin Can Wait, which is actually a title I like very much. I mentioned the Chicago series before being Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and Chicago Med. This year, they're adding another one, probably because they heard us saying they need a legal show to round out the Chicago television universe. So Chicago Justice will be a mid-season show. I should actually watch those, red. I don't, I should. I love the gravelly voice, Jason Begge, who plays the main McGarnagal type cop in Chicago PD.
2: You wanna take me off this case? You're gonna have to put a bullet in my head.
1: For the past four years, we've taken you to a city full of beautiful music, riveting drama, and unforgettable characters. Next Wednesday, on the series finale, take one final trip to Nashville.
2: It's time for me to take responsibility.
1: To see how this incredible story comes to an end. I'm
0: in love with
1: you, Gunner. Nashville, the series finale.
0: ABC's Nashville wrapped up a couple of weeks ago with what was reportedly an agonizing cliffhanger. The decision to end the series came late, and I guess they were hoping for a season five. Well, now there's hope. CMT has reportedly picked up the show for a fifth season, but it is uncertain whether or not the two main leads, Connie Britton and Hayden Panettiere, will return. It's not the first time shows get picked up. Every so often, cancel shows, find new life elsewhere. The Mindy, the Mindy Project, for example, was canceled by Fox and resurrected by Hulu. NBC's Community was also given new life on Yahoo. So, looks like now there's hope for Nashville. Last season's dramatic
1: finale was straight out of Nashville. That's news. Nashville returns.
2: I've had to do a lot of letting go
1: lately. A little bit country.
2: I'm on the top of the world.
1: A little bit rock and roll. It's going to be a H.I.T. And a whole lot of
2: drama. I have a boyfriend. Why would you keep ending up here with me? Maybe she's happier without us. Julia, <laughs> something is really wrong.
0: Nashville. Apollo Creed's in that uh, Chicago Justice show. Oh, he is? Yeah. they uh, Like... They- Carl Weathers? Yeah. Oh, wow. Carl Weathers, and uh, they, they, what they did was they, they had like a backdoor pilot for justice. Right, right. I think it was in the second or third last episode of Chicago PD where hmm. Carl Weathers is uh, not the main lawyer. Philip Winchester is. He was in that show... The Player with right. Wesley Snipes, yes. that which I really liked, but it got canceled because it was way too gimmicky. So they did that uh, near the end of Chicago PD. I'm just happy to see Carl Weathers getting work again, because he was in that other show I liked, uh, Colony, with Sawyer from Lost. And 10 years ago, he got a, he got a good stew going on Arrested Development, <laughs> but... That was hardly the sort of thing that was going to pay his mortgage. And he taught Happy Gilmore how to golf. <laughs> yeah, that's Just right. tap it in. Just tap, tap it in. It in. <laughs> All right, uh, more news from the couch next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Happy. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. More news from the couch. Here we go. A new extended trailer has been released for The Legend of Tarzan this week by Warner Brothers and IMAX, I think officially this trailer is called the IMAX Sneak Peek, gives us a closer look at the life of Tarzan of the Apes, who was raised by apes after they killed his parents. Rather brutally, I'd point out, here's Tarzan's dad before it happens.
2: We will never survive. I have done all I can to protect my family. The day I buried my wife,
0: now I fear for my child. And then the apes beat him to death. Poor guy. Stellan Skarsgård's kid plays Tarzan. I can't remember his name. You got Alexander. Alexander. From True Blood. Yeah, the, the, the vampire from True Blood. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, this movie takes place years after he's left Africa behind to live as John Clayton III, Lord Grey Stoke with his wife Jane, was played by Margot Robbie, who is apparently in every movie that's being made this, these days. So he's invited back to the Congo as a trade emissary, but he's really just a pawn in an evil scheme of the Belgian. Played by Christoph Waltz, little does the Belgian know what hell on earth he's about to unleash as he welcomes Tarzan back to the jungle.
1: There, but you need to go home.
2: Your husband's wildness disturbs me. I need you to scream for me,
1: like a damsel.
2: He's Tarzan. You're Jane. He'll come for you. Hey! Oh,
0: oh! Tarzan has been an enduring character for over a century. First appearing in a novel from Edgar Rice Burroughs in 1912 and was in an additional 23 novels along with a whole bunch of movies. This latest one opens July 1st.
1: There's a thousand men down there. Twenty thousand more on the way. We won't stand a chance. A normal man
2: can do the impossible to save the woman he loves. My husband is no more than
1: a Have you ever driven a cement mixer?
2: No, but I've had some conversations that felt like that.
1: Jerry Seinfeld's web series returns this week. It's comedians in cars getting coffee. Look at what I got for you.
2: Here's why I picked it. (laughs) This to me is you. Coontosh! Because you are James Bond of comedy. Drop your weapon! Whatever the mission, to give the world a little thrill. I'm in a 57 Chevy Bel Air drop top. You come in. I'm honored. And kill it.
1: It's the eighth season of the show, although season is a weird way to quantify six little episodes. And show isn't really the right word either, I don't think. If you've never seen it, it's literally what it sounds like. Comedians in cars getting coffee. Hey, not bad. That's, that's my sign, folks. That was pretty good. All right. In each 15 to 20 minute long episode, Jerry takes a different, fancier, strange car, picks up a comedian friend of his, and they go have coffee.
2: la 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 <laughs> JB, hey, JS, I'm on my way. Who does this?
1: Jerry, hi, how are you?
2: We're gonna go camping. Hello? Margaret, hi, Jerry. Wow. Hello, John. That's not the perfect British definition of a sports car. Yeah, Judd. Things like this make me uncomfortable because I don't feel sexy. Of course you don't, you're not. (laughs)
1: There are six episodes this season, a new one released every Thursday, and now Jerry will drive around and have coffee with Margaret Cho, Jim Gaffigan, John Oliver, J.B. Smoove, Judd Apatow, and Lorne Michaels.
2: Hi, Lorne, it's Jerry. Thank you for doing
1: this. Oh, please, I'm really happy to. Are you really? No. The first episode will be available at comediansandcarsgettingcoffee.com on Thursday. That's
2: my home cab! <laughs> You kind of want a mongrelly kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. Because they're the monkey. Because they're the monkey. Sing a ling a ling, sing a ling a ling. That's the aha moment. Please don't use that term. Aha. You were great. The ending in the bathroom. Yeah. It's a great story, right? That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it's a big milestone for a big Disney movie. Zootopia. A gleaming city, where animals of all breeds, predator, and prey alike live together in peace and harmony. Walt Disney Animation Studios' Zootopia crossed the $1 billion worldwide mark this week, becoming only the fourth animated movie to do it, joining Frozen, Minions, and Toy Story 3. Zootopia is about a normal city like ours, but instead of people, it's animals, all living and working together.
2: First... We need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Francine. Happy birthday.
0: Francine is an elephant. Not only is Zootopia a huge success at the box office, but it almost had unanimously good reviews, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a great message that is as timely as it has ever been.
2: Life's a little bit messy make mistakes Ah. Ah. no matter what type of animal you are change starts with you
0: that is the news from the couch up next we'll tell you what's coming to home video you're listening to the couch potatoes
2: Something's coming.
1: Welcome back to the Coach Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And new on home video this Tuesday, that's 10 Cloverfield Lane, the follow-up to... Cloverfield. Neither one of us saw it, but I think we both want to see this one yet, don't we? Correct. Yeah, there you go. Also, London Has Fallen. That's the sequel to The White House Has Fallen. What Olympus that? Has That's, Fallen. Yeah, starring your buddy Gerard Butler, whom I can't stand. Hugh Jackman stars in Eddie the Eagle about the British Olympian ski jumper. Hugh Jackman plays the coach. The Rock stars in Ballers Season 1. That was an HBO show. That was like an entourage, except what does he play? I can't remember who He's he is. He's like
0: a financial service guy for NFL. Uh, the rich and famous. NFL. He's a former NFL. sports thing yeah and the season two comes uh next month yeah there
1: you go and the uh last the the event series of the x-files is finally out on blu-ray there and you can get the box out of the whole series with that and on digital hd tina Fey's whiskey tango foxtrot
0: up next on the couch potatoes a review of the conjuring 2 you're listening to the couch potatoes Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. It's time to get scary, Jeff. No, You're thank ready? you. Ah. Are you ready? <laughs> time to send Jeff home with some nightmares because I've got a review of one of this weekend's new movies. It's a follow-up to a movie from 2013. Here's a refresher on that. Do
2: you want to see him? Yeah. When the music stops, you see him in the mirror standing behind you.
0: Ah, Jeff covered his ears for that. That movie was The Conjuring. It was a scary movie that had a sequel ordered before it even opened because it was getting such good reviews. So the studio called for another movie and a prequel of sorts called Annabelle, which actually was not very good. This is The Conjuring 2.
1: This is my home. Get out No, this is not your house. Now, what's your name? My
2: name is Bill Wilkins, and I'm 72 years old. What do you make of that voice? Sounds confused. You see now? The voice on this tape is coming from an 11-year-old girl.
0: Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are back as world-renowned paranormal investigators Lorraine and Ed Warren, whose work inspired movies like The Amityville Horror and The Haunting in Connecticut. In The Conjuring 2, they travel to London to help a single mom with four kids whose house appears to be haunted by evil spirits. It's actually based on a true story, The Enfield Poltergeist. They're
2: calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one, this one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used.
1: Janet, are you alright? Stop Stop calling calling me me Janet.
0: I loved the first Conjuring. I gave it four and a half couch cushions out of five. It was scary without relying on CG. There was one scene I can think of that used CG, and it was poor. The rest of the movie relied just on suspense and good old-fashioned scares. It had 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, made $318 million worldwide, a rare feat for a horror film. And this one, well, I'll tell you how good it is.
1: Something Human wants to kill you. If we keep doing this,
2: you are going to die.
0: All right, Jeff, it's okay now. The reviews for this are not quite as overwhelmingly good. It's been hovering in the 60s and 70s on Rotten Tomatoes, but I loved it. I thought it was an excellent sequel, far superior than the virtually useless prequel spinoff Annabelle. I'll just start with the negatives. We'll get those out of the way. It doesn't pack quite the punch that the first one did mostly because it is following in the footsteps of that first one so the surprise element is gone because that one really did i think take the world by surprise because it was just so good most horror movies can be scary but really bad this was scary and good as well as the sequel also in many cases it sort of follows the exact same steps that that first movie did it sort of recreating the same kind of uh not recipe but the sort of following the textbook uh but they they veer off in many different spots too long i will point that out it's over two hours long i think it comes in two hours ten minutes horror movies should not be more than two hours i think they could have easily cut a few scenes and made the movie a lot tighter and a lot better Also, there's a part in this where everyone says this is a hoax. And despite everything they've seen and heard, they they just think that they're faking it like an 11 year old girl can fake that voice and do all the things that happens in this movie. There is also some CG again, like the first one. It doesn't quite work. It's still scary, but I, I it doesn't seem to fit the tone because the rest of the movie is not CG, and then here comes this CG thing, and it just feels weird. And I should also point out that The Conjuring 2, yes, it is based on a true story. The Enfield poltergeist was a real thing, and yes, uh, but the Warrens had very little to do with that real event with the Enfield poltergeist, and what they've done here is they've sort of fabricated a story around it but that's okay because it's still an awesome movie they've used this real event to inspire the the story here and i still thought it was great i mean the suspense the suspense in this film was unbearable at times. I found myself after I had plowed through my popcorn and finished my drink, I, was, I didn't even realize I was doing this, but I had the, 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 my cup sort of up to my face and I was chewing on the lid because I was waiting. <laughs> I was just kind of chewing on the lid waiting awesome. for it because I knew something was coming. was oh, coming. And uh so I but I didn't want to look away. So I was like hiding behind my cup as it were. I guess they was using it like a shield. The jump scares in this movie are big and they are actually scary. It's not just a sort of a boo moment where someone appears. Right. They like they, they're actually terrifying. It's the stuff of nightmares. If you saw this movie, Jeff, you might actually die. That'd be the end of me, huh? Just <sighs> Just that—that's it. Just give up. I'm never going to sleep again. So I'm. Uh, and there oh, were man. there there were also many of these jump scares. Not too many though. To the point where you got sort of oversaturated. Just enough. Great cast in this. I really like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as well. Farmiga is excellent, though I kind of feel like they didn't quite give her enough to do. Uh, but she's still tremendous. And it's directed by your buddy James Wan. Furious 7! Furious 7, Woo! but Juan, even though he was wonderful in the action genre, he is right. a master of horror. He did the first Conjuring, he did the first two Insidious movies, and I think he got his debut by co-directing the first Saw, so uh, not... again. Conjuring 2 not as a surprise not as much of a surprise as the first one but that's not because it's not good it's just because that first one exists it's probably not quite as scary either but it's still really scary and I don't know that I would want to watch it alone it was super fun in a movie theater if I watched it at home alone I would probably sleep with all the lights on and sleep with a baseball bat in my hands because I would I also wouldn't sleep for go. a week I'm going to give this I gave the first one four and a half cushions out of five. I'm going to give The Conjuring 2 four cushions out of five. If you like scary movies, go see The Conjuring 2. Up next, I'm going to tell you about a scary TV show called Outcast. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. We're doing a Halloween in June sort of episode. Certainly not planned that way, just the way the cookie crumbled, as it were, that I ended up having a couple of reviews of scary things. One of them was a movie out this weekend called The Conjuring 2, which is an excellent movie for horror fans. Not just for horror fans, it's a great movie overall, but if you don't like horror movies, then you probably won't want to go see The Conjuring 2. I gave it four couch cushions out of five. Not quite as good as its predecessor, but it's still excellent. And... The other two movies out this weekend, by the way, Now You See Me 2 and Warcraft. Both of those are getting bad reviews. The second scary thing I wanted to tell you about is a new show that debuted last weekend, last Friday, on HBO. It's a Cinemax show called Outcast.
2: Do you know me? Do you know me?
0: It's a show about demon possession from Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman. It's based on another one of his comic books.
2: Something's going on in this town. People are afraid. These things are everywhere. They're all
1: around us. I can't run away from this. It's time I fought back.
0: too late to fight you ain't seen a fight yet okay going into outcast i knew absolutely nothing about it i had seen the previews on hbo and thought that looks like a creepy show i'm gonna check it out didn't realize it was a robert kirkman show until i watched the opening credits which were by the way top notch yet another cable show that delivers just great opening titles a great opening title sequence Uh, so but beyond that i knew nothing about outcast so you when the show starts we see that there's a child who appears to be possessed by a demon because he starts eating bugs and chewing on his own finger and it's gross and it's scary it's set in west virginia which is a unique setting. It's not a typical setting. I don't know that I've ever actually watched any show that is set in West Virginia. It's set in this little blue-collar town called Rome that looks like it's sort of past its prime as though it's on its way out just trying to trying to stay alive despite the fact that it is beyond its expiry date. And the main character is a guy who lives in his old family house and it's decrepit and there's garbage everywhere. He's some sort of self-made outcast living on his own because of something bad that's happened in his past. We learned that his mom was possessed by a demon, although I don't think he quite knew that. He just knew there was something wrong. And it's only when he comes across this child who is possessed where he realizes that there is something afoot and that he, for whatever reason, is a chosen warrior to take on these demons what i really liked about outcast is that in this in a world where we've there have been so many stories about demon possessions and exorcism it's hard not to come off like a bad clone of the exorcist Outcast felt completely fresh. It felt inventive, and I really liked that. It didn't feel like a retread, it felt like something new. I really enjoyed it. It was indeed scary, it was creepy, great camera work. Really intriguing story. They've sort of set the table for something where I don't really know, have any idea what to expect, but I'm looking forward to more episodes of Outcast. Again, it just debuted last week on HBO on Friday, so now there are two episodes in. You should check it out if you like scary stuff. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. In case you're just tuning in and missed it off the top, we teed up uh, that there's a new OJ show, debuting this week that we've already had one great OJ show which was The People versus O. J. Simpson,
1: American Crime Story. Yes. That's Did I right. get the whole thing right? You did? a one
0: try? I think it's American Crime Story, The People versus OJ there you Simpson. Go. That but... was the FX show.
1: <laughs> the fictionalized version of the
0: OJ trial, which was fantastic. Yep. Everything was good in that show. Easily top ten for yeah. the for twenty sixteen was gripping. And to think we almost both blew it off. Yeah. Because On paper, it sounded pretty silly, to be truthful. But in the
1: execution, it was amazing. And now this week, a real documentary about, not just the trial, I don't think, but about OJ, right? Yes. It's It's 30 for 30s, uh, OJ made in America.
2: For us, OJ was colorless. None of the people that we associated with looked at him as a black man. A civil rights leader in Los Angeles has said if you are going to be a Negro in a big city, then Los Angeles is the best place to be.
1: Really? O.J. Simpson as civil rights
2: victim? Uh, It it was disgusting. It was appalling. You ugly murder! You ugly murder!
0: Yes, it is made in America, Jeff. (laughs) Okay, Why, why do these titles have
1: to be so long? Who makes
0: these titles? <laughs> oh, now you're on the right. Jerry Seinfeld. They, probably, they could have just said 30 for 30 OJ. Yeah. And gotten away with
1: it. Yeah, it's uh, the 30 for 30, the ESPN sports documentaries, which are fantastic. If you ever see anything in your little... Scrolling through the TV channels, it says 30 for 30. Watch it because it's going to be good. It's always good. And this one apparently is their best.
0: That's what I've heard. I've, heard, I've seen many reviews and the headlines are, this is the best thing they have ever done, sort of along those veins. Right. And you're right, the 30 for 30, I don't. I used to be a big sports fan when I was a teenager. And I guess as I grew up and started watching more TV and became one of the couch potatoes, yeah, I had yeah. to delete the sports because I didn't have time. But I used to be a sports nut. Um, but when I, every so often these 30 for 30 things will pop up and it'll, I remember they, they did one on the bat, uh, the fab five for the Michigan Wolverines in the college basketball and like the, from the early nineties. So I did, I watched that just tremendous. I've watched one on the Detroit Pistons, apparently I have a thing for Michigan sports. Um, but they, they're the 30 for 30 docs are all very good. This is a five part documentary. I think it's seven and a half hours or eight hours. Now the scheduling is kind of bizarre. Yeah, so we'll just it, it's in, we'll just tell you the Canadian schedule because in the states it's ABC and ESPN. So what they're doing in Canada is it debuts Saturday, June eleventh on CTV. And then on Tuesday, uh, you're going to get a part one encore on TSN, and then part two will debut <laughs> on CTV. Okay. On the fourteenth. So the, it looks like the encores will de- will go on TSN, and then the the new ones will debut on CTV. So we've got new episodes on Saturday, June eleventh, Tuesday, June fourteenth, Thursday, June sixteenth friday june 14th and then finally saturday june 18th on ctv i'm sure you can get all this stuff on ctv or tsn's yeah. website and yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's really confusing when it's really confusing. it took jeff and i a few seconds off and i'm the air. still
1: confused by it <laughs> it starts saturday on ctv watch it if you like it hunt for the rest of them for It'll be on every couple of days. There'll be a new one on or something over the course of the week.
0: And that's all the time we have. I'm Brett He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting off the couch, don't bother. This is six eighty CJOB.